Um, today, yes, I, you know, you know me. I like to have some visual aids, and uh, I do work a lot with the kids, and so I've got this big giant thing. What does this look like to you? Yes, that's what it's supposed to be. Yes, it is a rock. It's not quite as heavy as it looks, but there's a reason we're going to talk about the rock today. Uh, let's see, what? Let's, let's read uh, Matthew 16, 18 while they get all this ready here. I'm going to scoot over. This is why we're talking about it. Jesus said to Peter, now I say unto you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So if we are the church and Jesus said he's going to build the church on the rock, don't you think it's a good idea that we know what the rock is, right? Yes. Amen. All right. Well, when you think about rock, if I just say rock, what, what do you think about Somebody raise their hand and tell me, what, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Strong. Strong. Yes, I like that one. That's one I thought of too. Heavy. Okay, good, good. I'm going to have to take these off. The Rock. The Rock. It's very true. Dwayne Thompson, is that right? Johnson. I only know him as The Rock, you know. He's got a real first and last name. Dwayne Johnson, that's right, The Rock. Uh, when Kevin and I were, were talking about rock, this was... This was my first thought was a rock, you know? I know a lot of times women think, the rock. Oh, we got you a rock. It's real now. You're getting married. That's what he thought it was so funny because I was asking him what his first thought was. And his first thought was, well, we're building this building. And, you know, Solomon pulled his truck in. And we need some rocks to go down because his truck got stuck before he all the way got onto the property. I couldn't believe it. We need some rock and for some foundation. stability. That's what he said, for She's stability. She's jewelry. For I women. Thought. You know, the first thing that pops into mind usually is it's going to be different. Our brains think jewelry. different, right? Jewelry. My rock's so giant up here, strong, and, and it's heavy, and there's stability right here. That's one reason why I want to talk about this today. So stability and strength, and sometimes I think about a castle. I guess as, as a kid, I would think about a castle, giant rocks that make up a fortress, and it's got giant walls, and that's its defense system, and you're secure. The princess is safe up in the tower of the fortress. You, you're tracking with me. All right, good. All right, good. Well, uh, today we're going to more so look at kind of what Kevin was gearing up towards with foundation. Because how many of you, uh, how many of you own a home? Got some homeowners. How many of you, anybody would like to own a home? If you don't, and just raise your hand. Amen. Amen to that. We agree with you. Your worst problem that you could face as a homeowner this is what they say, is a foundation problem, a structural problem. Does everybody agree with me? Do you know why? Because if you have a problem in the bottom, when everything else gets put on top of it, what's going to happen? It'll crack. Something may crack. You'll have problems, all kinds of problems. Basically, that one small problem will be magnified. By the time you get that structure built, it'll be magnified into a huge problem, right? The thing about a structure, the thing about a foundation is those kind of problems only worsen over time. They will not get better. If it's left unattended, it only gets worse. So we're actually going to talk about that today. 
Look at Matthew 7, 24 through 27. We're going to read the message. We'll put a lot of these up there if you don't. Do you need a guide? Does anybody need a worship guide? I've got some extras if you need one. All right, Matthew 7 says, These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. And there's a reason why I printed this out and I put it in your bulletin. I wanted you to be able to see this. These words, what we're going over today, this is not just something to make your life better. This is not something we're talking about today that's supposed to add to your life. It says they're not like homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They're foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed, and the Greek word right there for fixed means firmly established. It was firmly established to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. And when a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. Has anybody ever gone to the beach, especially our beautiful 210 beach, and maybe built a sandcastle? And took some shells, a.k.a. rocks, gravel, uh, seaweed, any kind of stuff that washed up, and you made a beautiful sandcastle, or maybe you went to Destin and made a beautiful sandcastle. Well, have you ever gone back out the next day to the beach, and your castle's like really worn down because tide rolled in, tide rolled out, and it may be completely gone, right? That's what happens when you build on sand. It doesn't stay. It's not a firm foundation. So rock right there, that's that, rock, that word rock in Matthew 7 and in Matthew 16. In the Greek, it's the same word for rock. And now a lot of times we like to think of rock like this, a rock the size that a man might throw, a stone that you could throw. That's not the kind of rock he's talking about here. In the Greek, that word rock actually means a ledge, a cliff rising up through the earth, a huge mass of rock such as a projecting cliff. So the whole reason why I've got these up here today is because I want you to be able to see some things. I want you to be able to use your imagination today and for this to take root on the inside of you. Because like Jesus said in Matthew 7, these are not additions to your life to make your life better. This actually, what we're talking about today, is foundational. This is, is, it is very important. If, if you look at Matthew 16, 18 again, when Jesus said, I'm going to build my house on the rock, what's he talking about? Does anybody know? Raise your hand if you think you know, or just shout it out. What's he talking about? Building it on the word. Yes. So the word is Jesus. We know Jesus and the word are one. So Jesus says, I'm going to build the church on myself. But when he stops and he says, because he had just asked Peter, he said, Peter, who do you say that I am? And he says, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. You're Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one. And he said, that right there, what you just said, that is what I'm going to build my church on. So he was talking about himself. I'm going to build the church on me, but not just on me. What he means there is the whole fact, Peter, that you knew that this has been revealed to you. That is your solid, firm foundation. So the, the rock is Jesus but it's also the revelation of who he is to you. Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? A lot of times we just think, 
I don't know if you know this one, but this is what this is what pops into my head when I think of this. Jesus is a rock and he rolls my blues away. Bop, shoe, bop, shoe, bop, woo. I remember teaching that to Ansley when I was little. Jesus is a rock. But I'm thinking the whole time I'm singing that, this is what I'm thinking. But that's not at all what the Bible's talking about when he's talking about a rock right here. And this is just a small representation of what I'm trying to get your mind to think about today. So who is Jesus to you? Thank you. All right, for this, this right here is going to represent someone who is saved. They have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe they went to an outreach. Recently they had a wonderful outreach at uh, Trinity Baptist and they had the motorcycles and the, did anybody go to that? The motorbikes and, and uh, regular bikes. And they were doing stunts and, and tricks and all kinds of neat stuff. And it was great. And they had a ton of young people out there. And they actually mailed us a letter of someone who had given their life to Jesus. And they listed our church as a home church for us to follow up on. Because churches, we work together. That's what we do. But let's pretend that there was one person at that uh, event. And they asked Jesus into their heart and they became a Christian that day, but they never went back to church. They, they had a Bible, maybe their mom had given them for confirmation or something, and they never opened it because they didn't understand it, but they had heard Grandma Lulu talk about Jesus and that he's real, and well, I know I've accepted him as my Savior, but all this person knows about Jesus is what somebody else has told them. They don't really personally have anything more than just I've accepted him as my Lord and Savior. This would be their foundation. Is this big enough for me to even stand on? I can kind of like totter on it for just a minute. Kind of spin around on it. Not really. There's not much foundation here. Now let's look at this one right here. I don't know if you can see these. This one right here, this one's a little bit bigger. This would be like a medium-sized rock. It's kind of wobbly. This person right here, they've asked Jesus into their heart. They're saved. And they found a church. And they go to church pretty regular. They love Jesus. They, they read their Bible on Sunday when they go to church. They read scriptures out of their worship guide. And right here, the, what you notice, this rock, it's, it's, my feet fit on it. I've got a little bit of a foundation. If a flood was to come in, my feet wouldn't get wet. Not if it was, you know, not much of a flood. But what if, come on up here, treasure. What if my coworker, she was talking about one day how she's having all of these troubles and life is just beating her up. And all I can respond is just, man, she needs Jesus. She needs Jesus. She needs Jesus. You can sit down, thank you but I don't have any room to help her up here. I don't have any way to introduce her to the rock. I don't have a strong enough foundation to be able to speak to her. Maybe I have a strong enough foundation for me, myself, and I, I can pick myself up whenever I'm feeling low, but that's not where Jesus wants you to stay. So then we've got another one over here. This one's a little bit bigger. Now this person here, they have a church that they go to and they go every week. This person here says, man, I've got to be at church. I recognize there's an importance. Come on up here, Kevin. There's an importance. I need to be there. 
I've got to be there. They go regularly, and this person also reads their Bible outside of Sundays. Yep. This person reads their Bible outside of Sundays, and this person is able to talk to people, to share Jesus, to pray for them, maybe even show them a scripture. This person has a little bit more of a foundation. This person can, can witness to people and can, can reach out to other people. That's good, right? That's good, but we don't want to stay there. You can hop off. Thank you. Is my ladder back there? Okay, great. One more. This one. This one. This one's different. This one right here. This is the huge rock. This person here has great stability in the things of God has great relationship with Jesus. Church is a priority because they recognize I get food. I get spiritual food. I'm fed. My life has changed. They also, on a daily basis, spend time with Jesus. And they do that by reading the word and by praying. They recognize there's great importance. This person has great stability. And there could be a big flood that came in here. And it would not shake them. Right? Let's look at Psalm 62. I don't know if I put that in there. This is David. He's talking. In Psalm 62, David says, My soul wait only upon God and silently submit to him, for my hope and my expectation are from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense and my fortress, and I shall not be moved. With God Rest my salvation and my glory. He is my rock of unyielding strength and penetrable hardness, and my refuge is in God. What confidence he has here. What confidence. Isn't that amazing to read what, the way he's describing his confidence and his trust and his hope in God? Doesn't that kind of stand out to you? Have you ever been one of those people where you're like, I wish I had that? Have you ever seen people who you see, you see their faith and you see their confidence in God and they're people who are up on this rock and you look at them and you think, I want to be like them. Have you ever done that? I've totally done that. I can remember 15 years ago, there was a woman who was teaching and I was looking at her and I thought, I want to be like her. She has this amazing confidence and puts her hope and her trust in God. How does she do that? I want to be like her. But where I was missing it, and when we think like that, a lot of times we limit ourselves because we'll start to think, that's her. That's her thing with God. She's called to be a teacher. She's called to minister in that way. That's for her. But the problem is I should not have been looking at her and thinking, I want to be like her. What I should have been saying was, I want that type of relationship with Jesus. Because it's available to anybody. Anybody can get up here. Anybody can have this type of relationship, this type of foundation, this type of stability in their life. And many people want it. Don't you agree? Aren't you one of those people who want that? I totally want that. But only a few are willing to do what it takes to get there. So that time when I was looking at her, I remember so clearly thinking, I want to be like her. But the Holy Spirit really was showing me as I was studying for this, it's not her you wanted to be like. It's her relationship with me that you desired. 
He said, you can have it. So however much effort you put into knowing Jesus, that's how big your rock is going to be. And when you start to think about, well, this rock carries my life. This rock carries my family. This rock carries my career. This rock carries my future. This rock's pretty important. Don't you agree? Foundation is so important. Paul really had it right in Philippians 3.10 when he said, For my determined purpose is that I may know him. I love this that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving him, recognizing him, understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. And that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which exerts over believers that I may so share in his sufferings as to be continually transformed. That's so good. Paul hit the nail on the head right there. That I may know him. That I may know him more deeply and more clearly. That I can know him more today than I did yesterday. And really, that's a lifelong thing. This is not a, when I get 50 and I become, you know, whatever, I've reached it. That's as far as I can go. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And yet he's still saying that I, my determined purpose is that I may know him. I think he knew Jesus pretty well. But yet he's still, the desire in his heart was that I may know him. I need to know him more. I've got to know him more than I knew him yesterday. So your desire of you wanting to know him, that's what's going to determine the size of your rock in your life. That's what's going to determine the size of your foundation in your life. So how do we get to know him? How do we get to know Jesus? Hmm? Time. Very true. It's actually the first one. Time spent with the word of God. Because John 1 talks about how Jesus and the word are one. It says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus and the word are one. So every time you spend time reading your Bible... You're actually spending time with Jesus. But the thing about this book is that you don't read to finish. This is different. This is not a history class. This is not math. This is not science. The Bible is something you read to know. I'm reading right now. I'm going to read this paragraph, and I'm going to read it again, and I'm going to read it again because I want to know. I want to know what he's talking about here. A lot of times we get conditioned. Our society is conditioned to i got to read. Okay, check. I've done First Chronicles. Check. Okay, I'm up to Ezra. Where are you at? You're on Psalms? Oh, gosh, i got to catch up. i got to catch up. And we just get, we get concerned about checking it off the list. Have you got any list checkers in here? I am. I'm a list checker. I like to make a list. I have a planner. I don't, I don't want a phone. I don't want, a, I don't want an iPhone that has the paper. And you, no, no, no. That's not real. Sorry. I know Marlisa loves it. It's I got to have my paper Bible and I have a planner that's an eight and a half by 11 planner. And every day I make a list and I check it off. And on the days that I don't make a list, I don't finish what I'm supposed to do every single time. Got to make my list, check it off. But your time with Jesus can't be like that. You read to know him, not read to finish. 
Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So when we take the word of God, and that word meditate right there just means mutter, to turn it over, to think about it. And for the first year that I was saved, the one scripture that I could grab onto was, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I had that one, Philippians 4.13. It's the only one I knew because at that time my, my mind was, was not clear. But I grabbed hold of that one that I heard in a song. And I took that one and I would say it every day, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. I taped it up on my mirror. I had something in my car. And also right here you can see this ring that I have on. It has a little fish and a little cross on it because I remember in uh, 1999, it was a Saturday night when I gave my heart to Jesus. I asked him to be the Lord of my life. And I remember on Monday morning, somehow I had enough time between going to work or lunch or something. I was at Amelda's shoe store in Baton Rouge. I don't know if you've ever been there. They closed down, and I, I probably had a little tear come down when they closed down. It was a great shoe store. But I'm at Imelda's shoe store, and I'm at the checkout, and I was all excited about this little pair of shoes I was going to buy. And all of a sudden, it hit me. I have not thought about God once since Saturday. I haven't even thought about him. And all of a sudden, the lady's ringing me up. And I know I, like, stood there like I had a 1,000 pounds way down on me. All of a sudden, every, everything stood still. I think my jaw dropped open because she's kind of like, ma'am, ma'am. She's trying to get me to pay. And I just was like, the wind was kind of knocked out of me. I haven't even thought about him. I felt horrible. I felt awful. I'm sitting there at the checkout, and I see they have these little rings. There was a box of them just like this. And this is like an aluminum ring. It's nothing to it. But I said, I, I need that. And she said, okay. So I picked one on and tried it on, made sure it fit. And I walked out of that store and I got in my car. And I said, God, I'm going to look at this every day. Holy Spirit, every time I look at this, you remind me about you. Every time I see this, God, I promise, I promise to think about you. I promise to talk to you. Let me not go another day like I just had. I'm sorry. I ask you to forgive me. And I had no, I had not much knowledge of who Jesus was. I knew Bible stories I had heard. And I believe he was real. And that Saturday night, I heard a message about how much he loved me. And it rocked my world. I was bawling. I mean, tears coming down my face. It rocked my world to think that this Jesus loves me in all of my mess. And I know I've shared that with you before. But I just, I couldn't believe that I hadn't acknowledged him. So right there, I made a promise. And probably for the next year, I wore this without taking it off. I think longer than that. I mean, I wore it for a really long time until I think I had to cut it off one day. That's why it's, it's split at the bottom. I forgot what we were doing, but it is so marred. And so you can barely see the cross and it's like turning colors in there. You know, it's not silver. So, 
But whatever it takes for you not to forget about Jesus and about how important your relationship is with him and about knowing him, whatever it takes, if it's reminders on your phone that go off every couple of hours, if it's things taped up in your car on your visor, I've done that. If it's scriptures taped up on your kitchen cabinets, I've done that. If it's scripture taped up on your bathroom mirror, because if you're a woman, you definitely look at yourself in the morning probably more than once, right? And I told myself every time I would do those, God, every time I come into this bathroom and I look at here, I don't care how long it takes. I'm reading these, this list of scriptures that I put up. And I was doing that to try and condition myself. Don't forget about your savior. Don't forget about your father. Don't forget about the Holy Spirit who wants to help you. And yet I had no understanding and no knowledge at that time that that I was building a foundation. I was laying a foundation. I just knew that I was serious about it. I never told him. We were just dating at the time. We weren't even married. I never talked to anybody else about this. I was holding my own self accountable. I was ashamed of myself that I could go that long without talking to him and thanking him. So the first one would be spending time in the word. The second one is talking to him. Prayer is how you communicate with him. Just like I'm talking to you. He wants to communicate to you. Now, the thing that's key about both of these, your mouth, talking to him, when you're reading the word, engaging your heart. When you sit down to read, the first thing you should do before you even read anything is say, Holy Spirit, I'm about to do this, and I need your help. Help me to understand this. Partner with me right now, because the Holy Spirit's job in 1 Corinthians 2.10, it says the Holy Spirit reveals the things of God. And he just got done talking about the love of God. So one of the Holy Spirit's job, that is his description, part of it. He reveals the things of God to you. And in John, let's look in John 15 and 16. Y'all track with me. We're, we're, we're going somewhere here. Hold on. Buckle up. Shake yourself if you need to shake yourself. John 15, 26 says, but I will send, this is Jesus talking, I'll send the advocate, the spirit of truth, and he will come to you from the Father and testify about me. Jesus himself sends the Holy Spirit to you. He sends him to you. He's coming to you. You can't miss it because he knows where you live. He's coming to you. And his job is to testify about Jesus. Testify means to affirm as a fact or truth. Holy Spirit will come and say, this is fact. I don't care what your friend said. I don't care how you were raised. I don't care what the TV says or Hollywood says. This is true. It also means to serve as evidence or proof of something. The Holy Spirit is the one that brings the evidence and the proof before you to cast out any doubt that you could ever have because each one of us have formed doubt somewhere in our life and it's very specific to us, to what we've experienced, to what we've heard. But the Holy Spirit is so amazing that he'll come right into your room and every doubt that you have, he knows exactly what it is and he knows exactly how to counter it. He's the one that will bring the proof right in your face to where you cannot deny it. So when you sit down to read the word, first thing you should say, I'm purposing in my heart to learn something. Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to understand. Help me to understand what I'm about to read. Your heart and your mouth are so important in your relationship with Jesus. Romans 10, 9 says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. 
So the very first way that you even start your relationship with Jesus is by confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. So nothing changes after that. That's how you established your relationship with Jesus. And that's how you keep establishing that firm foundation with your mouth and with your heart. With your mouth, you have to be careful with what you say. There are times when your own language, your own negative talk will negate or counter or cancel whatever God's trying to do in your life. It's important. The Bible talks about, James talks a lot about the tongue. Tiny member. Set whole forest on fire. Tiny member. Set your whole life on fire. If you're not careful. It says no man can tame the tongue. You've got to set a guard. Watch your mouth. The other thing is your heart. You have to be careful what you attach your heart to. It matters. It matters what person you attach your heart to. It matters what thing, what career, what opportunity you attach your heart to. Because first, your heart should be attached to him. First. I remember when my kids were very young and I would still rock them to sleep. And I remember looking, I was holding one of them at the time. And I remember they were sleeping, you know, how babies are, one, two, and one or two year olds, you know, and they're just they just kind of melt in your arms, you know, and once they go to bed, how mouth's all hanging open and and but they're just so cute. There's just something still as a mom, kinda like that video said, as mom looks at them, you just wanna Gucci goo, you know, just wanna squeeze you and, and especially when they're like one and two and they still have all all that good, you know, pudge and, and you just wanna love them and squeeze them. Okay, so I'm I you know where I am. This is late at night and I'm rocking one of them, just looking at him thinking, God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for blessing me with this child. I'm so thankful. But then, the very next thought was, I think I would die if something happened to them. I would die if something happened to you. And right there, the Holy Spirit stopped me really quick. He said, that's dangerous. And I'm thinking, wait, what do you mean? God, I love you. I'm so thankful for this child. Thank you. I recognize this child is a gift from you. But all of a sudden, my heart started to turn towards that gift. So much so that my life was hanging on that. My life was attached. And that one thought of, if something happened to this child, I would die. The Holy Spirit, it's not that he doesn't want me to love my kids that way. Of course he does. But he knows how dangerous it is for me. Dangerous it is for me and for everybody that I'm in influence with if I attach my heart to something other than him. He wants me to love my kids unconditionally. He wants you to love your spouses unconditionally and your family and even people you don't know, even your enemies. But he has to be first place because he knows Anything else is not a firm foundation. It will fail at some point. If you attach your heart to a person before you attach your heart to Jesus, at some point, that person will fail. We know this to be true. 
And so the Holy Spirit wasn't being mean by saying that to me. By any means, he knows how dangerous it would be for me. And he doesn't want me to enter that danger zone. And it wouldn't just affect me, but it would affect everybody I influence. On, on the flip side, I also remember about six months ago, um, I took my kids in bed at night. You know, we, we pray and we talk about the word. And, um, and my, my daughter, though, loves, loves nighttime a little bit more than my son. And so uh, I was tucking her in bed, and she likes to talk. And, you know, she has wonderful, deep things that come up at night. It's amazing before she goes to bed. She's a deep thinker, and she wants to have those personal moments. And as a girl, I understand. So I tried to really, you know, be there for her. But one time... This was probably about six months ago, she said. And she goes with me, you have to understand, she goes with me a lot of times to old school, to the nursing home. And this had been a day that we had gone. And she said, Mom, I think I would die if you die. And immediately, the feeling that I had in my heart, because as a woman, you want somebody to love you like that. I want, as a woman, I know I can speak from my own experience that I want somebody who is going to securely take care of me to where they would jump into harm's way. They would give their life because they love me so much. And I have that. I have that in Jesus. I have that in my husband who I know loves me with his whole heart more than he loves himself. He loves me. But I have that first and foremost in Jesus. He did do that for me. So at that moment, my heart was just like, oh, you know, just like, that is precious. And I tears welled up in my eyes, but immediately I had to counter that. Immediately I had to stop her. Immediately. And I said, no, you wouldn't. I said, Jesus would help you if anything were to happen to mama. Jesus would carry you. Jesus would help you. And it's only because of my relationship already established that I was even able to counter her. And at seven years old, I wanted to stop her. And for her to know at seven what I finally found out at 20. He is the one that carries you through, that provides stability and security and protection. Because listen, if you're a stupid carpenter, or if you're the smart carpenter, the storms come to everybody. So today, maybe you're finding out what kind of carpenter you are. You're finding out exactly kind of which rock you're standing on. The good news is, if you're a stupid carpenter, you don't have to stay stupid. That's good news. Listen, if you're on this rock right here, this is just a jumping point. God doesn't want you to stay here, but we all started here. I remember when I started here, and I'm so glad I didn't stay there. So glad I didn't stay there. Our society today is casual. We like to dress casual. You know, we like to, to do, we have casual. You know, I was like, hey. But listen, you cannot have a casual relationship with Jesus. You can't. You can't have this. And have a casual. You can, you can have a casual. I don't advise it. But you won't have any stability. 
no firm foundation, there'll be problems. Second Corinthians 6 talks about how now is the day of salvation. Now is the day. Don't wait. Now is the day of salvation. So everybody close your eyeballs. Yes, I always say eyeballs. Both of them. Bow your head. It shows honor and respect to God. Father, thank you for sending us Jesus. He is our rock. He is the fortress. Thank you, Jesus, that you are our refuge. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for the word that we heard today, learning who you are, Jesus, how to establish our life on you. Thank you, Lord. These are some of the names in the Bible of Jesus being the rock. With your eyes closed, I just want you to think about this. My strong rock, the rock of ages, the rock that is higher than I, my rock and my fortress, the rock of my strength, the rock of my refuge, a rock of habitation, the rock of my heart, the rock of my salvation, my rock and my redeemer, that spiritual rock, the rock that followed them. Now, any one of those, I just want you to grab hold of one. The rock of my heart. How good is that? That's in Psalms when David is talking about, my body is old, my flesh is weak, but it's okay. Because Jesus, he didn't say Jesus, he's talking to God. God, you're the rock of my heart. Isn't that good? God, you're the rock of my heart. The rock of my habitation. That means my dwelling place where I live. Thank you, Father, that Jesus isn't just something uh, we're supposed to visit on Sundays. Thank you, Jesus, that you're there every single day. And you send the Holy Spirit to us to reveal you. We don't even have to search and try and do it by ourselves. But every time we spend time in the Word, we're spending time with you. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to reveal you to us John 16 Jesus says when the spirit of truth comes he'll guide you into all truth he will not speak on his own but he'll tell you what he's heard he'll tell you about the future he'll bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me so I believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you today he wants to tell you about Jesus And that's what he's really good at. He's really good at it. So I thank you, Jesus, that wherever we're at, whatever size rock right now we're on, I thank you, Father, that we can grow. We can grow in the knowledge of God. We can grow in our relationship with you. And like Paul, Father, we purpose in our heart. I am determined and purpose in my heart, God, to know you more a deeper knowledge, a more clear knowledge, a more intimate knowledge with you, God. And he didn't just stop there with just knowing. He also wanted to know about the power that came with Jesus. So I thank you, Father, that you reveal that to us. That's our desire, to know you more, Jesus, and to know about that power that's available to us through the resurrection. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for revelation today. Revelation just means things being revealed. Something you didn't know, now you know. Sounds like a big word, 
just means for something to be revealed, something that was hidden. Now you can see. I thank you, Father, for our eyes being open today about the truth in the rock of Jesus. And I want to ask right now with everybody's head bowed and your eyes closed, if there's anyone in here, maybe you have not established, you have not known Jesus up until now. Or maybe you've known about him, but you don't know him yourself. You want to know him for yourself because you see this is an experiential knowledge. It doesn't work based on what somebody else tells you. That's not how you build a relationship. You experience it for yourself. Thank you, Lord, that we want to experience you. So maybe that's you. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, you've never declared him saying, Jesus, I want you to be my rock, not just my mom's rock or my dad's rock or my neighbor's rock. I want you to be my rock. I want you to raise your hand right now. If there's anybody like that. Okay, you can put your hand down. Maybe some of you say, I know that I'm on the rock, but I want to get on a bigger rock. I want to know you more. I need to know you more. I have to know you more. I want you to raise your hand right now. If that's you. You can put your hands down. Thank you, Father. God sees your heart. He sees your heart. Thank you, Father. I want us all to repeat this together. Say, Father God, I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Wash me clean with the blood of Jesus. Jesus, I recognize that you are the rock. I need you. I need more of you in my life. I need to know you more. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my life. I ask you to reveal the things of Jesus, to reveal the things of God to me. I'm listening for your voice. Thank you, Father, that I'll do my part. I purpose in my heart to know you more. I'll spend time in my word, and I'll talk to you every day. Thank you, Jesus, for your firm foundation in my life. In Jesus' name. You can grow. Wherever you're at, you can grow. If things have been shaky, just remember... The storms come to everybody. Just because you become a Christian, just because you purpose in your heart to serve him, doesn't mean that the storms now just bypass you and you just have sunny days. Not at all. You need that rock for a purpose, to stand when it gets tough.